0: I'm Jess. And I'm Betsy. And we are VN So today we've got a guest with us, Dana, aka The Global
1: Vet Nurse. Would you like to introduce yourself, Dana, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your career so far? Hi, I'm Dana Rawlings. Um, I run my little Instagram uh, blog called The Global Vet Nurse. I'm a degree uh, nurse. I studied at the Royal Veterinary College. Um, Which year did you qualify in? Um, So I qualified from the foundation degree in 2013 and then I stayed on to do the um, Bachelor of Science degree um, and graduated from that in 2014. Fab, do you have any further
0: qualifications or further education?
1: Yeah, so um, the the BSc year was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest, so I um, felt like I kind of just did everything I could to get through the exams and then all of a sudden I was a Bachelor of Science uh, nurse and kind of felt a bit at my depth. So I then uh, enrolled on the VETS Now Emergency and uh, Critical Care Certificate just to kind of do a bit of revision um, and it was something I could do in my own time. Um, so that was a, a two-year um, certificate and I went to Edinburgh to do the exam there. And ECC is something that you're quite passionate about? In yeah, um, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of fell into Emergency and Critical Care Um when uh, I started on the BSc degree, um, the nurse manager from the RBC, from the QMH, came to one of our lectures because they were really short-staffed in the department, in emergency critical care, um, and they were asking for some locums. As we were on the BSc, we were already graduated, we were qualified nurses, and they wanted to know if anybody could fill any gaps in the rotor. Um, being a bit of a poor, still a student, um, I thought I should just get in there and and earn myself some money and um I kind of fell in love with it from there.
0: amazing cool so the
1: global vet nurse how did that come about um it was kind of an accident I suppose and I didn't set it up until I'd done what, what is now at the moment most of my traveling so I had done a few volunteer trips um to South Africa and um then I kind of left the RVC for a little while and gone off to Australia and was planning on coming back to the RVC and then um, a trip to Shranka kind of fell on my lap um, and I kind of set up a mobile vet nurse after most of this was done. Um, so I kind of backtracked all my photos and um, uploaded all of them. Um, and it was just about sharing to veterinary nurses what the options are out there, I suppose, and... I don't know. I, I think some of my photos are quite cool, and people seem to think that. So <laughs> educational as well. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. So it's it's just to it's just to see that you know if if you don't want to be in just uh, inside all the time in, in a regular practice, um, then there, there's other more you know other things to do. Lots of opportunities with yeah.
0: your career. So it started in Australia and then what was the next steps from
1: there getting your next trip how did you go about organizing that um so my next trip from um from australia so i came i came home from australia and like i said was planning on i i'd applied for my job back here at the rvc and um and then a friend who was actually a previous intern at the rvc messaged me just on facebook and just said any chance you want to come to Sri Lanka and teach our nurses, and that, that was literally it. And then I had this bit of a dilemma. Where I've, I've just applied for my job back. What do I do? You know, my, my life was kind of set of going back to the UK and working, being a proper grown up again. Um, and I kind of thought about it for a little while, and I was like, "What are you doing? You know, a, you know, Sri Lanka doesn't just fall on your lap um, every day." So I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Sri Lanka, and what do you want me to do?" And um, what did you do? Um, god it's it was again it feels like a blur it was a three-month um trip or program i suppose um and basically the uh, there is no veterinary nursing qualification it it doesn't exist in Sri Lanka so um that the nurses or technicians or lay people i suppose that work in the practices are essentially just mostly girls a couple of guys who have an interest in in animal care um, And they learn on the job particular skills that the vets teach them um, And that's for the most part the only training they have so in order to um, This particular practice wanted to improve their care So um, they wanted somebody with experience to go out and, and give them some guidance did you feel like you had you experience to do that? Did you, was it a bit daunting? Uh, it was very daunting um, because you, I was going into a country where um, I don't know the language. Um, I didn't even know what language they spoke. It turns out to be Sinhala. Did not know this. Um, and some people speak um, Tamil further up north as well. Um, not everybody spoke English. So the vets um, are normally uh, have a higher education, so they would speak something um, but the nurses spoke either very little English or none at all, so that was really interesting. When you're trying to teach them to do veterinary skills, or even just have a conversation, or um, you know maybe correct them on something, it's it's really difficult. Um, and not to mention the the cultural differences, and um, just trying not to feel like you're stepping on people's toes when you just turn up and to someone completely random and just start telling them what to do. I guess it's quite difficult to implement the change when they're so used to doing it yeah in their way as well yeah and it, it, it's the same everywhere I think people get in their own little ways of doing things and that works for them to a certain extent and maybe they don't know there are, are different or better ways to do things so especially as an outsider to come in and say actually why don't we try it this way you just have to be very careful about how you do it and keep it positive positive. Um, and for the most part that worked and what facilities were there in the clinic so it, it was actually, um, the clinic was in Colombo, which is the capital of Sri Lanka, um, and it was, I would say, the, the best or the most well-equipped um, clinic uh, in the country. So they had things like um, portable ultrasound, two, two portable ultrasound machines. One was better at one particular quality and one machine was better at the other, so you kind of always ended up using both of the machines. Whatever worked, you know. Um, they had an X-ray machine, a... Um, again very old second hand been there for quite some time I think Um, it was kind of a guessing game with the settings but it worked, you got some x-rays and they had uh, a few kennels but hospitalisation of patients is again a a very new thing, people didn't know that that was a thing or expect their animals to stay overnight in a clinic so introducing that and and, um, saying that that's what your animal requires to an owner uh, sometimes meant with, um, a lot of resistance.
0: And did you find, obviously here we have the RCBS schedule three rules and regulations. Did you find there was such a thing over there or yeah, as, did you as, struggle with that a little bit?
1: It's, it's strange because veterinary nursing do, just generally does not exist. It, it's not a thing. So there are no laws on what's. um, what a nurse can do um obviously I would assume there is some sort of restrictions on the vets um but you know I wasn't if a lay person is able to administer anesthetic and and do those kind of things obviously under direction um yeah it's just and there's nobody policing it anyway so it's just sort of improvising <laughs> yeah it's very much improvising and um I guess it's a make do and men sort of yeah, definitely situation a make-do situation, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the practice ran really well, and they did amazing things with very, very limited um, sort of equipment facilities, um, drugs as well. It's impossible, or almost impossible, to get any sort of opioid in the country. Um, I think it's not due to laws of having it in the country. It's somehow getting it to the country. So, um you know, you, you can't get your methadones, buprenorphine is very difficult to come by. You can just about get butorphanol, um, mm-hmm. so you know, doing uh, pain relief with butorphanol on yeah. orthopedics, that kind of thing, um, is it's, it's, it's really difficult. But you know, they do save a lot of lives and they do do some really good stuff. And is that mainly charity cases or is that private? No, so most of it, they are owned animals. Um, there is a a lot of very wealthy people in Colombo and and they will pay for for care for their animals Um, a lot of it is also street dogs that are are found by somebody or or they just kind of end up in the practice or some rescue organisations do bring um, street dogs in uh, and cats as well Um, but yeah, so it's a good mixture and because... Because of the, having street dogs and owned animals, you see quite a wide variety of illnesses and in, in injuries. And was it mainly cats and dogs? or Yeah, mainly cats and dogs. I think we had some sort of tree squirrel, which looked like a chipmunk. It was very cute. <laughs> um, attacked by a cat, I think. Um, so we kind of did some treatment for that as much as we could. Um, we had some sort of budgie bird... Some description I'm not the best on exotics but um yeah he came in he got attacked by a crow so he just needed a bit of r&r to be honest and then he was set on his way um and just a few other bits and bobs that just turn up on the doorstep
0: cool would you say that it was that was a role that newly qualified would be able to do yeah. go in and do that or would you say do do you you at the right point of your into it? Yeah. career
1: yeah. to yeah I mean I I went over there not really knowing what to expect half expecting, yes, I'm an ECC nurse, I can, I can do this, this is fine. Um, but also knowing that I haven't been in a first opinion practice for a very long time and, and to be honest, I've barely worked in a first opinion practice. Um, so knowing my limitations from that, but also probably having a bit of confidence because I didn't know what I was going into, um, that particular situation I found very hard because the combination of, of doing the veterinary work teaching people the vet, the nursing veterinary um, skills and dealing with all the people in the practice and then being in a country that you know nothing about. I, it was a lot to take on. I absolutely loved it, um, but I wouldn't recommend it for a, a brand new nurse. I think you just need some time to be a nurse first and, and then start taking on these kind of challenges. Great. Right. And what
0: were the pros and cons for travelling as a vet nurse? Yeah, so just the,
1: the experiences in general like it, it's so different every day every country you go to is just um, it's just so different and it's amazing that I can like just now I've been stuck in the rain on the M1 but like this time last year I was doing God knows what um, so the experiences are just amazing and you have all these really cool stories that possibly a lot of people you work with or just people in your life will just have no idea of what it's like to experience that um, and when I was travelling in Australia and I went to New Zealand with a friend that I met in Australia and um, me and her would just have these these moments and we would say, this is so cheesy but I'm having one of the, these. this is my life moment where you just kind of find yourself in a random place or whatever and you're like, oh my god, I'm actually here in New Zealand on top of this mountain at 6am in the morning <laughs> and you're like, oh okay, this is my life now but cons, I mean you're away from home a lot, that kind of thing. Um, in Africa, yeah, I had a lot of near-death experiences, I'm not gonna lie. Um, to be honest, they end up com- becoming one of my highlights because I just absolutely love it. Great stories a, to tell. Yeah, they are just the best stories. you were like, oh yeah, this rhino just nearly killed me. Um, I just wrestled with a cheetah. You're like, yeah, that's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I remember us <laughs>
0: talking about it when, when um, we were working together briefly. About South Africa, because I think me and Jess were going off to um, Let's Go Wild, yeah. or we just come back from that,
1: okay. um, and yeah, there are definitely a lot of there death are. experiences. It's absolute chaos, and yeah, it's absolute chaos, um, and you kind of, you, you survive it, and everybody there is just like, this is Africa, what do you expect? And that is literally the excuse for your no death experiences, this is Africa, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Africa definitely taught me that I can climb and run at speeds that I've never expected.
0: <laughs> yeah, you need it's to. Insane. yeah. If, if you've got the pressure, if you've got something chasing you, you can definitely. Yeah.
1: Get I mean, on I, it. I hurdled an anaesthetised rhino to escape another rhino. <laughs> like, like, what the hell is that? It's madness, absolute chaos. But it's the
0: best thing, it's the best it. thing. Yeah. You can't even expect yeah, yeah, so he had, had a head on you. collision with a baby rhino with yeah. a calf oh baby. right okay well <laughs> i near calf. miss I managed to run the other direction in time
1: but you probably would have broken yeah. my leg yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <And> the babies <laughs> are the funniest because they, they kind of don't know how much damage they can do yeah um, they just and right on and the screaming world. yeah <laughs>
0: they're great um, can we go back to talk about Australia yes what were you up to there because well, obviously that's oh. going to be very different to yes. Sri Lanka so um,
1: very very different to Sri Lanka and very different to South Africa as well um Uh, just kind of decided I'd been at the RBC for uh, I think it was going on about three years at that point I made the decision I I really there was some stuff I wanted to do so unfortunately um uh, I did have to quit my job in order to to do that so I was like gotta be done so I saved up a lot of money I did some vets now shifts um did a lot of those (laughs) saved up as much money as I could um because I wanted to travel and I wanted to work in the country as well to just to see what it's like in you it's great to say works in all these different countries and have that on your CV um, so yeah saved up as much money as I could and, and booked a one way flight because I knew I wanted to tag on a couple of things wasn't sure exactly when I was going to come home um, could have been in a month if I didn't like it <laughs> so yeah booked my flight and um, I had a friend living there so I spent some time with her in Melbourne um, and then I start, sort of really started my travel um, I went to Sydney and then sort of worked my way up the coast on the um, Australian Experience um, bus. You kind of um, get the, the great Ham bus and book various um, tours and things and travel all the way up. So I did that and it was amazing. You meet so many people and I think doing it by yourself is, is great as well because you're just so much more open to doing all the random things that you end up doing. Um, so I went all the way up to Cairns, uh, spent Christmas in Cairns and then came back down to Sydney for New Year. Um, and then I was like, right, okay, new year's done, now I need to actually earn some money again. So I'd spent quite a bit going all at the coast. Um, So I'd already set up my job at um, SASH in Sydney. Did you set that up before you left the UK? Yeah, so um, again, using connections from the RBC, um, one of our nurses here um, knew uh, one of the clinicians who set up SASH, um, so I was just like, oh, can I have his name or could you drop an email? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, give me the email address. So I was like, hi, I know this person, Is there many jobs going in your ACC department. Um, he put me in touch with the right people within the hospital. So they were like, yeah, sure, pop over when do you want to come. Um, we've got some space, um, some gaps that need filling. So after my doing my travelling up the coast, I had that job ready to go. So I sort of got my place at South place in Sydney and um, started working there for five months amazing and how did you find nursing there yeah so uh, SASH is a specialist hospital and they do have an ECC um, department so they have an ICU they have ventilators so I got to do a couple of vent cases saw um cases that I'd never uh, you would just never have dealt with being in in England so a lot of snake bites and tick paralysis as well um, and just seeing how they deal with those because they do this all the time. They are the pros at doing ventilator cases for, you know, for your tick paralysis and um, and looking after the snake bite cases and things like that. So you're obviously happy with the, the ventilator side of things but in terms of the actual seeing those kind of cases. Yeah, just seeing like, okay, what's the deal with a tick case? Like, how do I recognise a tick paralysis case? And you know, um, uh, you know, because they can come into the hospital at any point of having a tick depends on how vigilant the owners are and what if they're very aware of ticks and things like that um, and one of, the, one of the things that was the best with tick cases is they're always the giant fluffy dogs that you then have to shave from head to toe find. because you can't find a tick <laughs> and they're always like literally in the last bit that you clip um, but yeah, I, I clipped a couple of dogs from head to toe and they are always the fluffiest things and then you have to have two clippers on the go and then they get hot so you have to switch in another pair and you just keep your eye um, In the meantime, like, you know, your dog's lying there like semi-paralysed on the floor and you're trying to monitor them and get everything ready for the ventilation and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, um, it's quite full on with those cases if they're already quite paralysed by the time they get to you. And
0: did you feel that working... In ICU here in the UK, equipped you for for that role. You are pretty much happy with with most aspects of, of the nursing over there. Just to apply yeah. your
1: current knowledge to their sort of cases. Yeah. So, um, you know, emergency and critical care nursing uh, for the the basics are all um, all going to be the same. Um, it just depends on how you apply them to different cases, I suppose. Um, so. I was quite lucky that I had had quite a lot of experience here at the RBC and um, was able to sort of translate those into the cases I was looking up to after there.
0: Cool. And so all of this travelling—Australia, Sri Lanka—do you feel South your Africa. and mm-hmm. South Africa? Yeah. Do you feel that your career is better for it? Are you a better vet nurse because of your experiences? Oh, that's difficult to answer without sounding really big-headed. <laughs> uh, <I don't> <laughs> but in terms of, you know being a bit more experienced and being able to sort of adapt and improvise in those situations?
1: Yeah, it definitely, because you get kind of used to dealing with very different situations that you probably wouldn't have previously been comfortable with, when you get another new situation, you kind of like, oh yeah, I can can deal with this. I've dealt with that one before and the one before that and things like that. So I think on the whole, um, you just kind of um, acclimatise to chaos that is ECC in various different countries Um, so I'd say yes I'm a better vet nurse for it but I definitely do not pretend to be a nurse (laughs) at (laughs) all and
0: I wanted to ask you a lot of your experiences you've managed to to get through connections various knowing different people how would you recommend um, student nurses or registered nurses out there that are looking for um, similar experiences if they don't have those connections. How would you recommend they go about um, setting setting up these kind of trips?
1: Um, so if you you know you're not in a place where everybody knows somebody in some important um, in some important place or really cool country, I would say um, get get yourself booked onto some sort of volunteer trip or or something if you can find the funds and the time to do that. Um, so in my previous article that I wrote, um, I was saying about the African conservation experience um, and things like that. They're not always the, the cheapest trips to go on, but the experiences are amazing. And if you can save up and just um, get that experience doing that, and you you never know, you'll meet other student vets or qualified vets or whoever, and you're all interested in the same sort of thing, and you can make friends with those sort of people and they'll know somebody. It's literally just putting yourself in oh, no. a place or a position where there's opportunity to find other opportunities yeah that makes sense yeah it makes sense
0: and in terms of the more admin side of things and stuff like that in terms of visas and insurance and yes. things, did you get insurance for working abroad or well
1: okay so the the trips I've done uh, all a bit weird and random so that cons- conservation experience um, everything's sort of organised for you. So that, that takes us a huge weight off your mind because they're all animal-related. Um, I think for the most part they're all animal-related. So when you book that, it's, it's all included. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So with African Conservation Experience, they, um if you want, they can book your, your flights, your accommodation, and, and organise all your food whilst you're there as well. So it does work out to cost you a lot when you book it. But whilst you're there, you're probably not really spending much at all, apart from maybe a trip to Kruger and some spending money, that kind of thing. Um, with the visas, again, um, African conservation experience, there was I didn't need any visas at that point. And if you, I suppose, if you're going to a particular project in a different country, a different part of Africa, they will advise you. Um, with australia getting a visa the work holiday visa if you're under 30 is super simple you just go online i think it does cost you a little bit maybe 30 australian dollars or something like that i can't remember off the top of my head um but it's super it's super easy you just do it online and quite often as long as you've got like no criminal record or i think speeding tickets or anything like that um it comes through almost immediately into your into your email
0: and do you have any top tips for the travelling vet nurse?
1: Ooh, uh wear sun cream and <laughs> <laughs> book all the one-way tickets that you can. Um talking about all of the one-way tickets, how are you funding all of this travelling? So yeah, um it sounds like I've got all the money in the world. I really, really can't <laughs> <laughs> all the money in the world. Um so for Australia, like I said, I did a lot of um of Vets Now shifts to save up all the money so that I could just do all the travel and all the trips and everything I wanted to in uh, along the east coast of Australia and then um you know I was low on money so I already knew that I had my job um lined up so um I I'm a bit of an all-or-nothing kind of person so when I'm working I'm working and that is it I will Work pretty consistently as many shifts as I can get, and then squeeze in like a beach day or a beach afternoon, every night here and there. And um, so I worked at SASH for for five months, and that was pretty full on. Um, I worked actually so much that by the time I left the country, I owed the government money, so that that was a bit of a downfall, so be careful of that <laughs> <laughs> to do with the tax and all that kind of thing. And um, so I worked at SASH for five months, and then I had enough money again to go traveling, so I, I, I left SASH. Um, I went to the Philippines um, for three weeks and and spent a lot of money there and my parents came to visit so I had some time off to to do some trips with them and then I went over to Perth and had already lined up a job to work at Murdoch University at the, the animal hospital um, so I worked for three months there, and again, that was quite full on with working non-stop. But then that also allowed me to finish at Murdoch when my visa ran out for Australia. And then I did a five-week trip in New Zealand. Wow. So wow. I just I do <laughs> big, big chunks of work um, and just commit to it. And it, it's not difficult because I love doing the job. And, you know, you're in Australia, so you finish work. If you're doing night shifts like me, I was... Um, I was like in Perth I was uh, sitting in my hammock next to my pool reading my book and then I'd get up have a shower and go to to work like that was my life Um, or in Sydney you can like finish work go to the beach meet up with your friends have a lot of like really stupid drunken student nights out or traveller nights out Um, so it's not like you know you have no life whilst you're doing it you're able to do a lot of things but I just you know took as many shows as pretty much that were going and then saved up on money and then you just The country again or go somewhere else or something like that. So, what brought you back to the UK and back to the (laughs) RVC? Oh, God. Um, So, I came back, um, I suppose, like I I felt like I'd done everything I wanted to do in that chunk of time. Um, And, you know, I thought, okay, I need to go back to the RVC now and and just remember all the skills and stuff that I maybe hadn't been using in in Australia. Um, And I kind of or had already then been asked about Sri Lanka so I thought I was coming home I did come home for a while but then I knew I was going away again somewhere just to in between um, and then yeah, by the time it was time to go to Sri Lanka I was like, yeah, I'm ready for some sunshine again so I was only home for a couple of months and then spent three months in Sri Lanka So. and then what yeah. brought you back? For good? and then you brought me back for good <laughs> I don't intend to be back for good um, at the moment um, I'm uh, t- Enrolled, or hopefully going to apply for the the veterinary technician specialist exam. So um, that's a two-year program or qualification. So um, I need to be in a specialist centre in order to gather the cases to be able to take this exam. So I intend to be at the RBC whilst I'm doing that. And then I will hopefully do my exam in, it will be in America, um, in 2020. So I'll probably be around with a few holidays thrown in until then.
0: So you're permanent
1: back here at the RBC? Yes. And your job role? Uh, so I am a senior, It's a very long title, <laughs> at makes me feel very confident. Um, my uh, current title is Senior uh, Emergency Critical Care Weekend Night Nurse. So I have obviously working in ECC weekend nights, very unsociable hours, um, but I look after the night, the weekend night team here and um, yeah, loving it. And what way do you want to take on a senior role? Um, I suppose it's just that extra bit of responsibility, and again, um, the position came up, and I, I don't like to um, shy away from opportunities. Um, obviously, with it being a weekend night position, um, the pay is much better. Not that that is has really too much um, uh, too much sort of push in to take the job or not, but it is a nice bonus. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's you know if there's anything that comes up and I think well why wouldn't I why shouldn't I do this or why wouldn't I do that I kind of I've got very good at having these little pep talks myself and be like okay well why are you not going to do it like what's the reason you're scared like why are you scared you know you can do this obviously so just apply and see what happens and then by the time you get the job you're like oh okay yeah I'm doing this now <laughs> yeah and you're enjoying it yeah absolutely loving it I, I love um, I love ECC and obviously weekend nights it's just a whole different kettle of fish to like normal day routine um, you see all sorts of weird stuff come through the door it all gets a bit strange especially it's a full moon um, and yeah it's just it's just a bit weird and random and I, I quite like the different challenges that it throws at me and then obviously the, the added thing of, of looking after the team and making sure they're okay um, I quite like that bit of extra responsibility without, uh, without having too much responsibility I suppose great and I guess you get the best of both as well doing ECC here because you get
0: first opinion and referral cases. So yeah, that's quite cool. And you get to use all of your sort of experiences. Yeah, all piled into one.
1: Yeah, definitely because it's out. We cover um, it's out of hours, so we cover. I think it's around about forty practices. Yeah, in something. the general area. Um, so you know we, we get anything from your cat R T A to an acute medical crisis that um, you know, maybe like a DKA, It's a known diabetic, but something's gone wrong. Um, and your more advanced, um, your more advanced critical care cases. So they could come in as first opinion, but they they are you know so sick and require critical care that that night at the same within the same time they're transferred over to the E C C team and they're in ICU receiving critical care. So it's great that we've got that um, that we're able to provide that care so quickly without any waiting around. Um, but yeah, you can get your normal vomiting, diarrhea, or eating chocolate and you make them sick yeah. and all GDB. That kind of stuff. or a GDB yeah. Yeah, I love the GD, GDB <laughs> thrown in there um, so yeah it's really varied and you, you literally you never know what's going to come through
0: the door I just wanted to ask as well for any student nurse listeners or newly qualified nurses how would you recommend going or getting involved in, in ECC if that's something that they're, they're passionate about and they're not currently working in an
1: ECC environment um, so with the student nurses i would, to be honest, I would just focus on getting through your exams and, and things like that, uh, absorb as much as you can and just, you know, focus on your studies and things because there's probably not too much you can, that you will have control over um, as a student, but then as soon as you're qualified, you you know, you have that freedom to maybe um, decide do I want to stay in this practice or am I going to go and get this job or that job? Um, my main thing is if, if you're particularly interested in ECC, um, just get some experience under your belt whether that is in a, a busy hospital or um, if you're just you know you stay at your training practice or something get some experience um, just being a nurse and, and being a good nurse and then maybe think about okay so I've kind of got these things, these skills sorted now I want to expand a bit more maybe look at doing um, the Vets now certificate or a practice that has um, runs as a hospital so they've got out of hours and they've got um, emergency they cases they see those yeah, emergency cases coming in um, but yeah just get yourself in those positions where these things are going to you're going to see these cases definitely yeah. exposure to the cases yeah um, what would you advise qualified
0: nurses that um, that may be experienced and been in first opinion for many years but haven't worked in a hospital environment or they haven't worked in a referral environment what would you advise those nurses who may be a bit wary about applying for a position for example at the RBC
1: or another referral practice? Um I mean with the RBC being a senior now so I have to say this. Um (laughs) we we, um you can just message us and come for a visit day. If if this is something that is completely terrifying and unknown to you, we don't bite. You can come and see us, um spend a couple of hours or a shift working alongside us. Obviously you'll be very limited in what you can do. It's more of an observational role but you can just get a feel for the hospital be like okay so this is emergency medical care this is what you people do and this is what um this is what I could do with the right training and things so you definitely can come and visit us and you can always email me um Mm -hmm. if um if you want to organize that um but I would just say you know if it's something if same with anything if it's something you want to do or you're a bit bored at your normal job or anything like that just think why am I not doing this is there is there a valid reason why I'm not going to go and do this thing um, and if you don't have a valid reason, like I know a lot of people have children or commute, or you know it's just not feasible at this time in your life, that you know that's fine. They're valid reasons. But if it's just because I'm scared or I don't think I have the skills, you won't know until you do it. So I I didn't have any of the skills at all when I started working here. It was a very very steep learning curve. But like now I'm sat here talking to you, getting, advising other people how to do these things. So yeah. well, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it, and here I am.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's the same for the travelling, if you're in a position where, you know, you haven't got ties um, over here, now's the time to just go and yeah, do it whilst you can. Yeah, if
1: you want to do it, just do it. There's so many, so many people who are older than me and just like, oh, I wish I had done this. And You hear you know, grandparents say it all the time, oh, I wish I had... And was able to travel and stuff. You just don't want to be that person in a few years' time when maybe you then have a family and all this kind of stuff and it's not as easy. Um, just, like literally just do it. And we're fortunate enough in, in our profession that we can, as there are we a lot of countries, we ourselves. can yeah. still work, work in. Yeah, there's, there's so many options and once, literally once you do one little thing, all it takes is that one tiny connection somewhere, just an email or this person that I met on this thing and, you know, you met them eight years ago but they might remember you, track them down somehow, do a bit of Facebook stalking, it's fine, that they might remember you from that trip or something um, and, you know, put in a good word or give you the right email, put you in the right direction. It, um, it really is that easy. And as you said, don't forget your sun
0: cream. Yes, <laughs> <It's> definitely the <laughs> sun cream. Perfect. So I guess to finish, what, what's next for the Global Vet What's next for Dana? You said you were... Hoping to enrol on the VTS.
1: Yeah, so, so I'm working. It's the... the VTS is a bit of a, a weird uh, setup, so you kind of have to do all the work and then you apply, and then they let you do the exam. So at the moment, I start. I've started collecting cases um, to sort of record and um, started writing my first essay. So I have to collect uh, 75 cases that where I demonstrate that I have done advanced nursing um, from a skills list. I have to complete about well, 26 advanced nursing skills and then write uh, four case reports um, and so my pre-application has to be in by the end of March and then providing that I've met the work hours and the uh, done the right ECC CPD um, they'll accept that and then my um, the second part of the pre-application is later this year where I present all my case logs and my reports and then providing that happy with all those they'll allow me to do the exam um, in 2020. So, yeah, it's a bit kind of backwards, but I'm working towards it already. So so is that your
0: focus then for the next couple of years? Are you yeah. not thinking any more travelling?
1: Um, oh, God, I actually have a whiteboard at home with a five-year holiday plan, <laughs> <laughs> which is really odd, I know. Um, but, yeah, so I've got a couple of... Some of them are just girls' holidays, um, just to get some sunshine, things like that, and then um, hopefully get a few... Um, Veterinary conferences thrown in. I'm hoping to go to the the IVEX conference later this year because um, that's where my exam will be in 2020. So you could just, you just get let, let just to yourself. Who, some of listeners know. Some of our listeners who might not know what that is, because you just let them know what. That so IVEX is. is the International Veterinary Emergency Critical Care. Um, organization, I suppose, um, and they put on a conference every year, and it's all, always in America, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, and they just put on a lot of, um, it's just, supposed suppose, like any of your normal uh, veterinary conferences, there's a lot of lectures from all sorts of very highly qualified people um, and people do all sorts of different presenting and then or um, anybody who's been working towards their residency or working towards the BTS, they do their exams, their, their exams are held there as well so I'm going hopefully this year just to um, prepare myself and get a feel for it for hopefully doing the exam next year so there's those few little trips that I'm um, hopefully going to have the money to do yeah, but yeah, for the next two years, hopefully, just working towards this, being at the RBC and then, um, know, I've kind of got Canada in, in my mind at the moment and maybe Singapore, so we'll just see what happens there. I have to find oh. some people and some connections, I think. Yeah, yeah more people, <laughs> do more, some more
0: Do some more emailing and some more networking. Yeah. Are you hoping to uh, make the global vet nurse, kind of, the, are your online presence more, more known? Are you hoping
1: to make it more of an educational platform? Yeah, it, I hope to be honest. I literally make it up as I go along. It depends on um, what you see. What I see, what you know, some of it's old stuff that I just like. Oh yeah, that's a really cool photo that I'll just find on my phone somewhere. I'm like, oh, this is from this country, and this is what happened, or um, this is what I saw this weekend, or something like that. Um, so I, I literally just make it up as I go along. Some of it's just me on holiday, drinking cocktails. <laughs> it's just my um, travel veterinary life, I suppose. Um, and it's just to keep it positive, and just um, you know, this is what you, you can do being a veterinarian. You've got so many options, you don't just have to sit in rainy England if you don't want to. Some <laughs> people love it, yeah. but um, you know, every now and again, you do need some sunshine. So,
0: perfect. Well, best of luck with your BTS. Um, where can our listeners contact you? How can they contact you? Um, do you have an email address? If- people email you any questions you on on yeah, definitely. yeah
1: so you can definitely message me over Instagram a lot of people do that already for various bits of um, advice or just to ask some random questions that's fine um, my email address is on the Instagram account as well it's just the global nurse at gmail.com um, if you are interested in coming to the RVC um, and doing a um, like a, a taster shift I suppose you can um, just contact um, the, RVC, the RVC through their website and if you particularly want to come and work on one of my shifts with me, just drop me an email from the global nurse, and um, I'll see what I can do. Amazing! Thank you. Perfect.
0: Thank you. Thank you.